space, the single largest source of waste in the trucking industry. Hi, everybody. I'm Bob Bowman, Editor-in-Chief of Supply Chain Brain, and this is the Supply Chain Brain Podcast. The amount of available truck capacity in the commercial transportation marketplace goes up and down depending on economic conditions and a lot of other variables. What doesn't change, it seems, is the chronic underutilization of that capacity in good times and bad. According to U.S. Department of Transportation highway statistics, at any given time, some two-thirds of trucks are traveling half-empty. That's the conundrum I'm discussing today with Farah Ali, Chief Technology Officer and co-founder of FreightWeb, a Seattle-based startup that's using a combination of adjustable racking and load planning software to squeeze more pallets into the truck. The offering is aimed at the partial truckload market, a segment of the industry that often gets overlooked. We'll discuss where that sector sits and how shippers can fill up some of that empty space. So here is my conversation with Farah Ali. Farah Ali, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. For what is the situation as it currently stands and what has it historically been with regard to the mismatch between truck capacity and truck demand and available loads? How bad is it? There's always seasonality when it comes to demand and supply. I think right now you're definitely seeing an artificial demand for certain types of goods, for example, and you see all types of industries trying to capitalize on that or trying to help. But I think there's definitely a seasonality to it. People who've been in this industry for a very long time plan accordingly and so that they know that they can, over the year, amortize for that. So in peak seasons, you're saying, uh, is it worse or better? I mean, in terms of the amount of empty capacity that's running around on our roads. Well, in general, though, if you look at the U.S. Department of Transportation data, the data shows us that at any given time, two-thirds of our trucks are half empty. And what that really means is is when you're going to fill up a truck, you're really starting with your floor loading process, right? And so you have this empty airspace at the top. In a perfect world, if you could stack freight and all freight was roughly equal in size, you can really utilize the, the cubic capacity of a truck, but that's not how real freight looks. So any given day, you'll have 25% of trucks on the road that are half full. So you're talking here about underutilized space within the trailer, not about empty backhauls, which is, is I guess, a separate problem, right? That's correct. This is just about, if you look at your 53 long dry van and you can fit it up to, let's say, you say full truck is about 28 to 30 pallets single stacked. Mm-hmm. So this is just about, okay, if you had a way to do something other than just single stacking, think of all the space you can utilize. And mm-hmm. so we're really just trying to focus on optimizing for your dry van, optimizing for your trailer. What space you already have, can you make best use of it? Why is it that this situation exists in such a severe manner? Why has it been this way up to now? What have we been doing wrong or not doing? 
I think it's primarily because you want to keep your faith safe and you don't want to double stack. So I think it's just how if you wanted to, for example, utilize it better, you'd have to build specific decking and all of that. And not everybody wants to do that because it's expensive to build a decking and tear it up. And so one thing that we thought about, and uh, this is a patent that we have now on our pilot track system, helps you alleviate some of that pain. Previous load matching tools have not even addressed this problem, I'm guessing. I'm guessing that most of the effort in the past has been with regard to underutilized truck capacity has focused on empty backhauls. Have there been efforts in the past to make better use of utilization of trailers in the way we're talking about now, or has it just not been addressed at all? I believe that some of the bigger companies probably have done it, where they have their own fleets and their own dedicated capacity. and. And they have a better sense of yearly orders and freight, right? And they have a lot of actual access and visibility to the freight. So I'm sure that they've done some amount of it. I'm sure there has been some efforts around pooling LTL together to fill up a truck. But there's nothing that addresses the problem from the hardware innovation piece, right? So if you think about, well, now you can have pallet racks that have adjustable shelves. So you can fit where you could only fit 28 to 30 pallets. You can now fit double that size in a truck. And that's really what the difference is, not the matching itself. The matching on top of it, the matching and pooling would help you optimize on top of what you can do with racking like that. What surprises me is that, well, I would have thought that LTL, less than truckload, the very nature of that particular industry is the use of uh, multiple shipments and multiple shippers within a trailer. Thereby, you would have expected that LTL carriers would have made the greatest efforts possible to maximize utilization of their trailers. And yet, why hasn't LTL addressed this in the past by its very nature? I would say that I wouldn't make the claim that they haven't. I do think that there is LTL pooling. I think it's tricky, right? If you have two different shippers freight going on, same truck, sometimes maybe you can't pool it. There are many reasons where they wouldn't allow you to pool it. There's many regulatory reasons why you couldn't do it. But I think there have been manual matching efforts for sure. I think there's a few companies out there that I've been reading about that have been trying to, especially a couple of them have been focusing on the LTL space. Partials is definitely not a space that anybody has focused on, the 6 to 20 pallets. So it's the LTL and full truck that get everybody's sort of attention. But this middle ground of 6 to 20 pallets is remarkably underserved because it's a harder problem, right? With LTL, multi-pick, multi-drop is expected. There is expectation that there will be multi-handling. Timing is not such a big issue. If a shipment takes longer than you would normally want it to, maybe you expect that, right? With the mm-hmm. partial 6 to 20, I think all of those challenges are there too. So it's a harder problem to solve. There is that gap that we almost never talk about. In fact, there really isn't a name for it. There's truckload, TL less than truckload LTL, it would almost help to have something to call it that, that middle ground. I mean, do you, how do you even characterize that type of freight? What size of trucks are generally lugging that stuff around? The way we define it, and as I've talked to people in the industry, we call it the partial truckload, and it's really mm-hmm. about the 6 to 20 pallets. When you look at most LTL providers, they price loads at 6 pallets or less, or they have a max weight, like they'll say 8,000 pounds. Anything above that in pallet count and or weight isn't considered an LTL. And so when it comes to above, anything above that, you would get a full truck. So if you wanted to ship 17 pallets, you'd get a full truck. And what we are thinking about and how we're talking about innovating here in a smaller way also is why don't you just pay for the pallets that you want to ship instead of paying for a truck. So mm-hmm. you're moving freight to pallet pricing, right? So let's, what would it cost you for 17 pallets and how much would that save you or a full truckload? So it's, innovation is in 
multiple ways, right? You can see it in terms of making it easier to understand and use, easier to price. And then you can think about on the back end, if you're giving away that sort of pricing, how do you actually then fill up a truck? Because you'd still probably have to pay for a full truck. But then it's the pooling capacity, the ability to pool using different techniques that lets you make those margins and let you, you know, get that full truck and make some margins over them. So it's really a big and something that brings that ease of use and cost savings to your end mm-hmm. customer. And that's really the innovation here. I'm surprised that you haven't attempted to trademark uh, the phrase PLTL, partial LTL. <laughs> give, well, <laughs> give it a whole new name, and, th- and then there'd be a lot more public awareness of the fact that this actually exists as a thing. And I, I'm wondering also if it exists now more because of e-commerce, because uh, certainly pallet loads remain a big deal, but there are also eaches and smaller shipments underway in e-commerce. Mm-hmm. Is that a factor that is increasing this sector or not? Yes, I think the big piece there is the reverse logistics, right? So with mm-hmm. we have this, everybody is sort of on the returns bandwagon. I mean, Amazon really did change the game with a lot of their business model. And so you see a lot more partials with reverse logistics going out there. So definitely e-commerce has made a difference. In general, this space always existed. It just wasn't really defined or there wasn't a clear way to serve it without losing a lot of money, frankly. So it was like, well, if it's above this, let's get a full truck for it, right? Now, you say timing is not an issue. I would think that it actually it does obviously take more time to put more stuff in a trailer, thereby extending the duration of the trip. And today's world, shippers want stuff to move as fast as possible. There Has there been any pushback or reluctance to embrace solutions like this because of concerns over the additional delay of putting more in the truck? You're right. There is definitely going to be more on the loading, unloading, there's going to be a little more added with the multi-pick and drop. But like you mentioned, with the LTL world, people are already used to it, right? So it's really mm-hmm. about what percentage of those 6 to 20 pallet shipments can we take that extra time with? There's always going to be the cases where there's you know, somebody shipping 20 pallets, but they needed to get somewhere at a certain time. They just want a full truck. That will continue to happen. But mm-hmm. in this case, the change management piece is a bigger piece, right? And so that's where we're working with partners who are helping us. There's people on the ground who move real straight who are looking at how do you use some of this racking to load and load faster? How do you set it up so last in, first out, right? All of those things. But I think when you think about the overall savings, not just per shipment, but over a year, and if you think about the optimization value this has, and then you think about you know, the carbon emissions that we're reducing, because we really are packing up trucks well, it will make sense and people will embrace it because it's not like months or weeks or days of delay, right? In the end of the day, we are talking about hours. And if if there's better planning and better predictability and better training for people to use racking to load, unload, then I think that that sort of takes away some of that fear of change. And I imagine up until just a few weeks ago, we had a booming economy where there was quite a bit of demand for carrier capacity. And I know that we'll have one again someday, but the point is that I guess that this type of solution is very helpful at a time when capacity goes begging and you can't find enough trucks to make better use of what's already out there. Okay, so I want to get a visual picture of just what this solution is. Is the technology actual racking? Does it allow for double stacking? What is it exactly that we're talking about here that allows you to put more in the tree? So very simply put, it is racking plus tech. So you have pallet racks that have adjustable height. So you are filling not just the length, but you're also using the available height of a dry van. And mm-hmm. where 
So you could fit in 28 pallets, you could do double that. So you could fit 52 to 56 pallets in a truck. And that utilizes all the horizontal and vertical space. And then that's the, the hardware piece on the software piece can match the pallet to the shipment really well. So you, you, when you know the dimensions and the weight of what you're shipping, think of it as like a Tetris game. Have you ever played Tetris? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So think of it like that. Like you have these kind of Tetris pieces and you're trying to use computers to actually make sense of what would the best fit look like, right? And the racks mm-hmm. make it easier because they're standard, but then when you have some non-standard traits, how do you actually make it so that you are utilizing everything really well? So it's, it's really a combination of the pallet racks and the freight matching and load planning capability together that gives you that 30% extra capacity in a full truck. How complex is the analytical aspect of the software? Is this something that wouldn't have been possible in the past until we've had smarter uh, software, or, or could it have been done before? Really, at the end of the day, to me, it's less about the software. I mean, software is a tool to solve problems, but it's really about the data. And I think before, you didn't have all this access to so much data and so many different types of data. You have uh, data around road conditions and seasonality, You can build a model now with, let's say, these things are predicted to happen in this area, and so how will that impact my supply chain? And then you have access to all the freight, right? So if you're a broker or a carrier, you have direct access to what people are moving, where they're moving, what are the challenges. So I think it's really just about having all that data in one place and then being able to make interesting analysis out of it. I think that's something that we lacked in the past. You could put a bunch of smart computer scientists together, give them some good data, and they can build some really cool models on top of it. And it just depends what you're optimizing for, right? And that would change the different models. But I I don't Mm -hmm. think it's so much the lack of sophisticated software as that there was this lack of data. And now I love that we're living in a world where it's so democratic. Everybody has access to a lot of this data that helps them make their businesses better, frankly. Yeah. Would you consider this to be part of an updated TMS or transportation management software solution, or does it integrate with a TMS? Or is it, I mean, how does it relate to what we understand a TMS to do? We're still thinking about how we want to position this, but the way that we thought of it so far is that there would be the ability to have this as part of a TMS where you could get your matching, uh, load planning, and all the regular TMS functions that you have. And then there's a racking piece to it. So you could just use the tech and get some efficiency, but you could get the racking and the tech together. And what that means is that we'd have, for example, visibility ways on the racking. You know, you'd have RFID and GPS that lets you track the racks better, track your freight better. With RFID, you can get weight and dimensions. So you can think about you take this one time and get some optimization, but then how do you make sure that you keep optimizing, right? That it's a loop. So all that data that you're getting out of daily shipments, this would be a continuous optimization loop where you can do analysis on top of it. So it's really a sort of a software as a solution model is kind of where, how we're thinking about it. And some of the TMS pieces that are sort of regular commodity, you come in, enter an order, so forth, we'd probably offer that for free. And it would really just think about how do people leverage just our tech or a racks plus tech? Because the, the racks may not be for everybody. Well, on the other hand, an alarming number of, of companies don't have TMSs. So, but this would function independent of that. If you don't have a, a standard formal TMS, you could still utilize this type of technology? Oh, no. So we, we would have a TMS that comes with it. Sorry. Oh, it would be clear. part. It has to but, be part of um, some kind of a, yeah, I see. Yes. Yeah. Yes. We would have okay. our own TMS, but we are talking to 
many other companies, and we do want to make it possible to integrate with existing TMSs. I just think that there's just so many TMS solutions out there. Mm-hmm. And so that problem has been solved in a way. There's definitely things we can do slightly better, but there's so many great companies building great TMSs. So it's just a better idea to sort of partner with them. By the way, if you're increasing the amount of freight by 30% in a typical trailer, does that raise any weight issues and weight restriction issues? Oh, uh, we still would have to be under the weight. So yeah, if that would be a challenge, if the size per pallet or the weight per pallet is very high, then you could only go to the max weight of a full truck. So yeah, we still have... Depending on the product as well. Depending on the product as well, obviously. You know, how bulky or Yeah. Are we talking about a solution that can be used not just for dry freight, but for refrigerator to reefer freight as well and, and perishable stuff? So far, I think it works well for dry van, for reefer, for flatbed. Where, for example, we wouldn't recommend it or we wouldn't want to use it is hazmat. Anywhere where you can't really pool stuff or where you want to be very careful. Well, I think that those are places where we'd say no. But I think in general, this works well for best for kind of dry van, but then reefer and flatbed for sure. We've been talking about the application of this technology to partial, LTL or BLTL, whatever you want to call it, might it mm-hmm. also be applicable to standard truckload and LTL as well? Might they also face issues of inadequate use of their own capacity and, and might avail themselves of this solution? I think absolutely. With LTL, if we can palletize LTL, if you have a volume LTL, you can think of that as a partial, right? And mm-hmm. so it's, it's just you need more of it to fill up a truck. So uh, it would definitely be somebody who has the volume could see the leverage that they could get with this. So it's absolutely a great fit for LTL, but they have to have the volume. On the full truckload side, where I, and this is where, you know, I'd love to get more data around this, but just looking at some of the data that we have, there's a lot of truckloads that are marked as full, but they're really not. And so mm-hmm. it's part of that education piece, like you said, not everybody knows what a partial is, or it's not a common term. That's what we need to get out there. This middle service exists. And you don't necessarily have to ship 20 pallets as a full truck. You could use this and you could actually fit more stuff in if you had less than uh, a full truck. So with full truck loads, I think it's more about education and it's more about understanding what is out there as a full truck is really not a full truck. And what you fit in two trucks could actually fit in one. And then you have one whole truck to ship other stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, you have called the issue of underused trucks the single largest source of waste in the trucking industry. So, Farah, it's just great to hear a solution to this nagging problem at last. Farah Ali of FreightWeb, I want to thank you so much for enlightening us about this advance in technology. Thanks so much for being with us today. Thank you. It was my pleasure, and thanks for inviting me. That was my conversation with Farah Ali of FreightWeb, talking about how to get more pallets into a truck. We're online at www.supplychainbrain.com, where we post a new episode of this podcast for streaming or downloading every Friday. You can also read my Think Tank blog, watch thousands of videos, and access all of our other content, including the digital edition of our magazine. Look for us on Facebook and LinkedIn, and follow us on Twitter, at SCBrain. You can also download or subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Got any comments or suggestions on this or any episode? Email me at rbowman at supplychainbrain.com. Stay well and see you next time.